Hello, and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm pretty excited to be back and recording this episode. If you listened to the last episode, uh, you may have heard I've been having some issues with my audio and my microphone doing the weird blips again. And after a week of troubleshooting, I think I've got it nailed down or at least minimized. Um, and I'm excited to finally put it through its test and see if it's working. Yeah, I will let you know when I'm done editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your week to edit. It is. Sorry, it is. I'm uh, handing off a little bit of an issue. It's all right. It's all right. I'm sure I've handed off plenty of issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh man audio issues man there's there's such a pain i know i know well i think we've talked about this before in the in the first met episode of just with booth junkie and and you know the care that he puts into his audio and mm-hmm. it's just like man if i can get my stuff to sound half as good it'd be great <laughs> but what about you how are you doing you know what it's almost thanksgiving you know mm-hmm. and for me that means a week off so i'm doing really yeah. well yeah, even even in my work, we're kind of shifting things around a little bit, so uh, we can be off yeah. a little bit more than usual for the holidays. Yeah. You had you had a day off today, right? Was that I did? Was that rain? I did. Yeah. Planned? What happened? No, it was just everything coming to a halt. We're finally we're finally in that part of the season where the grass starts stops growing, mm-hmm. so I'm able to catch up on other stuff, and then you know sometimes I get a Friday off here and there. Nice three day weekend. Oh, I know. I needed it, man. Yes. <laughs> It's okay. Everybody needs a three-day weekend every once in a while. Oh, yeah. And I spent the day watching Marvel movies, so that that helped. Nice, nice. I will say I watched today the the Mandalorian episode three that dropped today. I did watch that. I've been meaning to ask you, because I know when it premiered, that was your week to edit, yeah. and it would, you were behind a little bit. And I, fe- I, I mentioned that it was like, uh, an imbalance in the universe that I was getting to watch it before you <laughs> because I've been so salty about Star Wars and you've been so excited. You know what? I could do a, I could do a whole episode on Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this week's episode. So that's, Me too. that's all I'm going to say. I, I'm, yeah. I'm up to date too and it's Mandalorian is bringing me back into the Star Wars fandom. You, you know what? You haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels though. Mm-mm. And so, like, th- there was a level of excitement that you missed out on this week. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. <laughs> but there's a level of excitement you miss out on episode three, season two, mm-hmm. if you've not seen those animated shows. That's all I'll say. Between you and my uh, streaming friend, Leech, y'all are doing y'all's best to get me to watch those animated shows. <laughs> you know what? A-, a buddy of mine, I was texting with him earlier today, Star Wars post-Disney... Rebel, of everything they've done, Rebels is my favorite, followed by Rogue One, followed by Solo. Hmm. That, since since it's been in Disney's hands, Rebels has been my favorite. Yeah, I have to think. Again, almost feels like a spinoff podcast. Yeah. Well, and now having said that, I think Clone Wars is probably better than Rebels. I'm So so I'm saying it's since it's been in Disney's hands. I'll buckle down and watch it one of these days. I'm like, Once, maybe when Mandalorian Season 2 is over, I'll finally have that Star Wars kick and I'll jump in. Yeah, that's all right. You're about to have Thanksgiving. You're gonna. You're in your down season. It's time to do it. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, 
Uh, before we jump into today's episode, we do want to take a brief moment to say, if you haven't already, if you would take a moment to leave us a review and a star rating on whatever podcast platform you're using, we would greatly appreciate it. Any feedback helps us create a better podcast, and it helps us rise in the searchability of those podcast platforms. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic, which is, which non-MCU movie could be an honorary MCU movie? Now, we've done a question of the week on this before, but it was something that we thought we could expound upon a little bit and turn into a full episode. And yeah, that that contributed to why I was uh, watching some Marvel movies today. And I think one of the first ones I delved into that like was a weird blast of the past was Blade. Really? I don't know. Yeah. You know, because we listed out, I think, Deadpool, yeah, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Logan. So I wanted to make sure I at least watched one that we didn't bring up, right. just some other Marvel movie, just to see. Man, that was a trip. Now, do you remember? Because that came out in 1998. I say, do you remember your answer to the question of the week? I do. Okay. Do you? Do I remember your answer? I do. What? No, yours. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had the same answer. So yeah, man, this movie came out in 1998 and I was already bracing for it to be so much different than anything that we're used to in the MCU. But I was just, I don't think I was prepared for the whole late 90s feels of the movie either because it was just so, I don't, like over the top, a bunch of trench coats, like slicked back hair. And I think... I my whole the whole reason I went into a techno phase when I was younger stems from this movie. I forgot how much techno music was oh, in yeah. this one. <laughs> you know what? I loved this movie. I remember seeing this in the theater, mm-hmm. and I just I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think at the time I knew it was um, a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and the writer is David S. Goyer. Yeah, yeah. So. He has, he's gone on to do, to write some really good things. Of which, if I'm not mistaken, Dark Knight, right? Yeah, Dark Knight, Batman Begins. He had kind of a slip up, maybe, as we'll call it, with Batman versus Superman. I guess it depends on where you fall on that, <laughs> you know? Um, That's a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, but otherwise, like he's, yeah, like he has a really good, you know what? I mean, he has like a really good list of just look on IMDb, mm-hmm. comic book type things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, like the TV, the Nick Fury TV movie, which we should probably do at some point. He wrote uh, mm-hmm. right before Blade, The Crow, City of Angels, looks like written by him, uh, which is a you know movie, another '90s movie, also a comic book, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. based on a comic book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Jumper, which I don't think had good enough recognition. I actually liked that. Blade 2 and Blade 3, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, a TV show called Flash Forward, which I loved. It only had one season, but I loved it. I think I remember that show. Yeah. yeah I used to watch that, too. I didn't know that was Goyer. Yeah. yeah um, it looks like it looks like he's credited as creator, so maybe showrunner, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. You know, the Call of Duty Black Ops 2 video game story. So, so yeah, like, he's done a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to me that you leaned on this, or not leaned on it, but you mentioned that you didn't know that this was a comic book movie at the time. I think one of the things that I was kind of 
uh, amused by when I was watching this is I'm so used to the way, like, Marvel has its branding now at the beginning of every Marvel movie where it's if it's an MCU movie it has that like flash of all the different scenes from the MCU movies Mm -hmm. or it's just that familiar like red Marvel logo on the non-MCU movies I was waiting because when I started watching Blade and it was it was first taking off, I was like, wait a minute, am I wrong? Is this not a Marvel movie? And I was waiting for the confirmation of some sort of logo. Yeah. And it was like at the very end of the opening credits that it finally said in association with like Marvel. Yeah. So it, it was almost like they were kind of maybe shying away from it. Maybe not. So there's a documentary on Amazon Prime that credits this movie, Blade, for the reason why we have the MCU. And, and the idea was... Batman and Robin, Batman Forever failed. And because they failed, they finally, Hollywood or whatever, finally decided to use actual comic book storylines. And because this Mm -hmm. was successful, you see that trend follow of like, oh, we're going to pull from the comics. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I buy that completely, you know, as we talk through this and think about the X-Men movies. No, actually, X2, yeah, like, they started pulling from the comics and borrowing from the storylines. Uh, again, loosely, not one for one. Uh, so, yeah, and this that documentary kind of credits Blade for it, and I don't blame them. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. I will, It's aged poorly, not... Well, I don't want to go into, like, morally, but poorly as far as, like, visually, obviously, for its time. Uh, some of it's kind of just laughable. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, like, I remember... I, I must have watched it when... The third one came out because I remember specifically going to Blockbuster with my dad to rent all three of these and we watched them in a weekend. Uh So, you know, I remember watching it at the time and being blown away by them. And on this idea of it being credited as the the start of or the groundwork for something like the MCU because it honored the the comic books. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about Blade, the comic books to 100% verify this, but there's a there was a feeling on the way that they would linger on some shots where it felt like they were peppering in information that the comic book reader would would understand. Like, I don't know if that right. makes sense, no, that but makes the way sense. it would that like, like if there was computer screen text, there would be names and stuff that I can only imagine was like references to other things in the comic books. So it was almost this feeling of a respect for the source material. So I can kind of see that point of it being right. a groundwork to what we got in the MCU. Yeah, and I honestly don't know enough about that comic and the mm-hmm. movie to, to say. And I'm just kind of trusting or relaying the documentary's, you know, case here. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I do remember really enjoying this movie and we're going to have to review it since we're going to get an MCU blade, you know, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to dive into this one too. Not only because it was, I wanted to branch off from what we had already mentioned, but it is, it's interesting to know that we're going to have a refresh of the character and that is canonical to what we have already. Yeah. And it'll be fun. Like, I think it'll be really fun to see an updated version of the character because even though, like I said, it has... It's like, I'll be honest, I had to take breaks watching it because it was just like, oh my God, I still got another hour of this. Really? So oh, that's not. Yeah. Okay. So I take it this is not making your honorary MCU. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess I didn't bury the lead on that one. Uh, so I definitely had to break it up in chunks, but there was enough there that I was excited about whatever this new take on Blade will be. Yeah. Okay. So what about you? What uh, what was another one of your contenders for honorary MCU movie? A contender for me would have to be, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna start here. Uh, I'm gonna go with X Men First Class. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, just because I, I do, I don't like all the movies in the X Men franchise. Mm-hmm. When I say I don't like them all, all the ones I've seen, the only like I have not seen some of the solo Wolverine movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, like I've seen Logan, but the Wolverine and X Men Origins, I haven't seen those, and I haven't seen the most recent Dark Phoenix. I've seen mm-hmm. all the others. And X Men First Class is one that I would that I just really love. I think they really did a good job with that. I, it was kind of a weird in that it was a reboot, but then they didn't reboot the franchise. Kind of, and I, I mean, you want to talk about messes with time travel? Trying to put their timeline together, yeah, just forget about it. Um, <laughs> I know some people have done it and I still don't fully understand it, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like that one's the one I went with, you know, I just, by the time you got to that movie, they really figured out how to use their superpowers, you know, or the, the mm-hmm. mutant powers, so to speak. Uh, especially when you said the first X-Men as much, as much as I enjoyed the first X-Men, you can tell mm-hmm. that they really didn't know how to use their mutant powers, you know, in, in any real good creative way, so to speak. Um, but, you know, I mean, Magneto was good and, and whatnot, but like the the story um, and giving them reason, you know, uh, starting back at the concentration camp with Magneto, mm-hmm. seeing Charles Xavier you know, become paralyzed. All of that was, you know, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I remember seeing first class in theaters and just being blown away by it. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one as well. Um, and, and kind of on this idea, when did first class come out? Cause I, I, what I was going to say, it almost feels like a precursor to the MCU, but I think they were kind of side by side, but uh... I know the extra, trilogy was before the MCU. And so you can almost see that as the continuation of trying to build this connected universe. And it feels like first class was when it was really starting to feel solid because yes, it was a reboot, but it was, it was almost, well, first class was 2011. Uh huh. So that would have been right before the Avengers. Right. Um, and so, and, and I think part of why they did that was because of the success of the MCU up to that point. Now again, it was mm-hmm. it was super early MCU, but let's see. What I'm really curious about X Men Last Stand that was 2006. Wow. So yeah, so you got to figure X Men Last Stand was 2006, mm-hmm. and you get Iron Man in 2008, and you know, if you're going to put another X-Men movie out, especially after Last Stand was, it, it was good. They went the the change with that first class. Yeah. So it almost feels like first class was a course correction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it's been a while, but I remember Last Stand being kind of universally panned. Um, yes. And so it felt like Last Stand was a way to kind of to rid itself of its sins and forge a new path uh, for the X Men universe. Which is interesting because on IMDb, Last Stand has six point seven out of ten. 
That's not bad, that's, especially because IMDb generally tends to be pretty harsh. Yeah, that's a that's a lot higher than I'd expected. the The meta score mm-hmm. is fifty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that six that six point seven out of ten that's higher than I expected. Mm-hmm. Man, I that was one of the ones I regret not getting to in time for this episode was diving back into some of those X Men movies. I know I need to revisit them because it's it probably has been since the theater since I've seen those. Um, this one is not on Disney Plus. And the la- first class, yeah. The first class, the last stand, I don't think is on Disney Plus. The mm-hmm. first class is not, and neither is Apocalypse. Not Apocalypse. Apocalypse mm-hmm. is on uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think out of all the X Men movies, the only ones I haven't seen is uh, Dark Phoenix and the Last Mut or New Mutants. Those are only two I haven't. Yeah, seen. Yeah, I haven't seen New Mutants either. Um, mm-hmm. I would. I want to see New Mutants. Me too. I'm not dying to see Dark Phoenix. <laughs> well, the last stand know, was the, the Dark I... Phoenix. Like I don't. It's almost retreading the same storylines. Yeah. So, kind of staying in this track with the X Men side of the universe, I did take time to go back and watch Logan because uh, when we did have this as a question of the week, that was one of the ones that I. Uh, was kind of de- debating between on what I wanted for mine to be the honorary MCU movie. And I'm so glad I did a rewatch of this movie because y- my feelings still stand. I think it is an incredibly special movie, but getting the chance to just rewatch it after it's been so many years, it was just, it was really good, man. I I do start to question about how much I think we do need an R-rated movie in the MCU now because some of it did feel gratuitous. Yeah. And I was like, I was completely caught off guard. I forgot that there was nudity in that movie and it was just, it felt weird for it being a Marvel movie. But I still hold on to this. I, I, I love the way Logan tackled this idea of, it, with death and then the, the heavy themes of Xavier having to deal with his you know, Alzheimer's been also being somebody that has the psychic capability he has and dealing with the regret of his actions because of that. And it's just so incredibly heavy. Um, man, it's, it's such a great film. Yeah. I don't remember, man, I don't remember the nudity. I don't remember the nudity. It was brief, but it, it was an, it was at the very beginning because it starts off with Logan. Uh, you find out like one of the ways he's been making money is that he's basically an Uber driver, and he uh, like he has a limo. He he brings people around, and he was doing a um, uh, I think like a, a a bridesmaid party, and one of the women in the back like pulls her shirt down and starts waving her chest in front of Logan. So it was just brief, but it was just like right. Whoa, I I wasn't expecting this at all. <laughs> Well, and it, and we've talked about this on what does an R-rated movie add, um, mm-hmm. and is you know, and I mean you can ask the questions: Is that ne- did that really add anything, or was it necessary? You know, mm-hmm. um, I will say hearing Xavier curse a lot did add to it, though. That was a funny dynamic I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I love Logan. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've said it before. I've only seen it in black and white. Um, I should watch it in color at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like, I love the feel. I, you sold me on, on the idea of that style of movie for winter soldier and kind of retiring mm-hmm. the Bucky character. And I could watch that actually. 
I don't know if it's necessary, but I definitely agree with you. If you're going to do an R-rated, that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, so I, too, would say Logan is a contender, but I did not go mm-hmm. with Logan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What, and this, I'm asking myself this too out loud. What is it about Logan that you think keeps it away from being the honorary MCU movie? Which, again, I guess I should clarify, like, obviously, this is all just tongue-in-cheek and fun to discuss because it's, it's not like a non-MCU movie is not capable of being good. It's just kind of fun to see right. what would try and fit alongside the MCU. Well, I think that's what, I think that right there is the what would fit alongside mm-hmm. the MCU, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so clearly the movie has to be, well, I don't know. Uh, after the Iron Man 2 <laughs> review, I don't know if the, the phrase clearly it has to be good, um, which again, I hate saying that because I, I do, like if I'm going to sit down with, you know, for the longest time I said cherry Coke and a popcorn, right now it'd be like Topo Chico and a popcorn. But like if I'm going to, no, I can't get away from cherry Coke if I'm having popcorn. But like if I'm going to sit down and just to just enjoy and not think about it, I'm in. I'm still going to watch it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so in some ways it doesn't fit because it's an R. It, it's out of place. It's even slightly out of place, I think, for the X-Men universe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it just doesn't fit, you know, in, in that yeah. way. Um, even mm. Logan himself is just such a different version, I feel like, of that character than you get in any of the other X-Men films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's it it's weary in a way I don't think we've ever seen in any other Marvel movie at this point. It's just, it's heavy. I, I keep coming back to it, but that feels like the only way to describe right. it. Right. Uh, but what about you? Do you have another uh, Marvel movie up that you had up for discussion? You know what? I... I feel like we have to talk about the Deadpool movies just because mm-hmm. we know Deadpool's coming. Yeah. You know, it, um, I, but at the same time, I don't think I, first, I liked the first Deadpool more than the second Deadpool. Just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I didn't like the second Deadpool, just side by side. The first one I liked better. And so I feel like those have to be part of the consideration and in some weird ways. It's almost like it's autom- It's automatic. Because Deadpool's coming, don't know what that's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, uh, Deadpool and the MCU. Yeah. But I, I still don't. I I would throw this there with Logan. Like it just doesn't fit tonally. You know, like the movie itself. Either one of them. If I it's I, go ahead. I was gonna say it's weird because I agree with you that it doesn't fit tonally. It it's weird to be at this this conflict where it doesn't fit but it does by the nature of the character right like because it doesn't fit it fits and it's so weird to go in that circle yeah. well and and actually between the two uh, the r rating and what makes it an r rating aside i feel like the second movie is a better mcu fit than the first mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does because i remember liking the second one more i like the way it tied the story of, you know, the kid's character and trying to save him. Right. And that felt more MCU than any, the other Deadpool yeah. movie. Well, just the action sequencing with Domino and all that, that, you know, felt MCU-ish. Mm-hmm. I will say I never really considered any of the Fantastic Four films. <laughs> um, but having said that, I've never seen any of those three. Really? Yeah, and from the trailers... Like just the trailer, you know, and what in the clips I've seen of the first two, those are clearly like 
cinematography, the way it's shot, tone, all that stuff, you basically see the beginnings of the MCU there stylistically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just from the clips, stylistically, those fit in the MCU. But mm-hmm. I, I've never seen them, haven't really had a big desire to see them. Two of them's on Disney Plus, so I should sit down and watch them. But yeah, so so I never I didn't really consider those at all. You know, I had to refresh my because I've I've seen every Fantastic Four movie in the theater. Now that I think about it, I I'm trying to think. I don't know if there is a Marvel movie I haven't seen except maybe Hulk with Eric Bana. That was the only one I haven't seen all the way start to finish. Yeah, I rented that. And didn't even watch it. <laughs> oh man. So what about you? You got another one? All right, so. You know, I, I tried my best to kind of like step away from my original answer because I didn't want to repeat what I'd already said in the question of the week. But man, I put on Into the Spider-Verse again, and it's so hard for me to step away from this one as my honorary MCU movie, even though it's an animated one. Um, I, I know up until this point, we haven't had any animation in the MCU, but we know it's coming with the what if. And the nature of Into the Spider-Verse setting up the multiverse gives possibility to the fact that, you know, maybe there is an animated part of the multiverse within the MCU. So I could totally see it fitting that way. But I think the thing that's special about it that's also very familiar with the MCU is the way that it's confident enough and aware of itself enough to be able to poke fun at itself, too. Um, right. Like all the ways that it it pokes fun at the tropes of Spider-Man and even almost it's like I've said before, it's a movie that it's aware of Spider-Man fatigue and tackles that head on. It just feels like a confident spirit that could easily be fit into the MCU at this point. It really it really does. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it was such a good movie. It mm-hmm. really was he, such I mean, a he, good movie. And I've talked about it before. One of the, the hallmarks of it, I think a superhero movie in general, but because I've fallen in love with the MCU, I think they always knock it out of the park, is the ability to take the macro of the superhero problems and bring it down to the micro of the relatable problems. Right. And ultimately, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a coming-of-age story for Miles Morales. You yes. Know, a simple story of, of a kid just learning to be confident in himself. And it's it's in harmony the way that they tie that to him becoming Spider-Man with, you know, the, the the line of the movie. It's a leap of faith, Miles. And it's just, it it's perfect. I love that movie so much. Yeah, it's, it's man, we're, we're broadening our horizons. So we, we need to review a Nolan film just once. And we're going to review uh-huh. this one. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's that good. It really is that mm-hmm. good. Um, you know, one Oscar for Best Animated Picture... Uh, well deserved. It just and the diversity as well. Like it, it had, it it feels like the MCU is heading towards a more a more diverse um, casting mm-hmm. and stories that they're telling, which is nice. And Into the Spider Verse was already ahead of a curve on that, and with the way uh, you know both uh, Miles himself is both Latinx and a Black American, and it's not it's not afraid to. To lean into that because they had like the different language the way he would communicate with his mom um it, it was just it's perfect I, I i'm stumbling because i'm trying not to say perfect but man i love that movie yeah. no, no no it it really i i don't think you have to shy away from perfect it, it's hard mm-hmm. to find something to be critical of that it's it, it nails down the hero's journey 
It has this good self-awareness. Yeah, it, it's you're right. It it is perfect. <laughs> now, having okay. having said that, so that I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so that's my honorary MCU movie. I've come back to what I've already stated, but what about you? Well, okay, say, so having said all that, uh, I came down between that one and one other one, and the other one won out, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't go with Spider-Verse. Uh, when we did Question of the Week, I did Spider-Verse. I'm going to have to go back to the X-Men series and do X2. Really? I love that movie so much. I really mm-hmm. do. It's... It's it is my favorite of all the X Men movies, um, mm-hmm. and I know some people that would say First Class is the best, then X Two, uh, but that that one's my favorite. It just it has a good story. They actually do a good job of using the mutant powers and, mm-hmm. and showing not just how they work, but just a natural like. Like it feels natural and how they're using their their mutant powers. Um, each character, um, well, I don't say each character. In fairness, there's some characters that don't, but they treat each character fairly well. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a few in there that yeah, they're there for a particular reason. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, like like oh, I want this one because of the power, and I need it for story reasons. But for the most part, it. I think it did a really good job of having letting characters have their moment, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about how important that was um, with one of the trademark for the Russo films is how well it balanced all the characters. So I don't remember. It, I'll be honest. I one of the ones I was bummed I didn't get to was X two because I know you've spoken of it highly before. But, I mean, if, if one of the hallmarks of that movie was the way that it balances characters, I mean, that fits right into one of the, I think, crowning achievement of the MCU movies. Yeah. Now, in fairness, like, it doesn't balance it as well as the MCU, right? Like, they they hadn't got there yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was clearly, like, there's some moments where you're like, okay, this happened to intentionally, it feels like, have less characters to deal with, right? So, mm-hmm. so like, there is that element. You haven't got there just yet but when when i think about like x1 to x2 or x-men to x2 you do see that development of like oh you've gotten better at balancing this Mm -hmm. right but also because of that it didn't feel overloaded you know yeah so yeah so it was i i really i would say that one yeah that's a good pick. I, I really do need to carve out some time and go back and watch those X-Men movies, especially because at some point it seems like the X-Men universe will be joining the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my pick for honorary MCU movie, X2. Nice. So I think that's going to do it for this episode, but of course we cannot end without our question of the week. So, Jude, which character from any of the non-MCU Marvel movies... Uh, a bit of a spin on the topic itself, but which character from any of the non-MCU Marvel movies would you like to see brought into the MCU as is? So, not necessarily their movie, but if you could take the character and just pluck them right into the MCU, who would you pick? Uh, Deadpool from Wolverine Origins. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I already stated, I haven't even seen it. I just know it's not like... Uh, honestly, Nightcrawler from X2. Mm-hmm. I, I feel... That one would be a fun... Well, not just that it'd be fun. I feel like the way they did that character, as is, will 
fit mm-hmm. in the MCU. Like, like as we talked about it with Daredevil, like the trouble of stylistically getting that Daredevil character because of the tone into the MCU. Can it happen? Um, as much as we want it to happen, there's definitely a tone shift, right? Mm-hmm. And so while the the Fox universe of X Men is not is the same thing, there's a different tone to it than the MCU. I feel like that Nightcrawler, and I think Alan Cummings' portrayal of Nightcrawler was spot on, but but that the way they did Nightcrawler there, I feel like if you plucked him out of that and dropped him in the MCU, you wouldn't have to make really any changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it fits. Um, unlike, mm-hmm. like, say, any of the other X-Men. Like, I don't know. Uh, I might be able to make a case for Storm, actually. Um, being able to just grab him and drop him in. Um, mm-hmm. The way they did Iceman, maybe. Uh, but Nightcrawler, it, to me, is just perfect. <laughs> like, like a perfect match to just pluck and drop. What about you? What do you... What do you Feel, I feel like we're doing like that that carnival game with the crane and just like which which character are you gonna pluck in and drop in? Um, and you know it's not gonna happen because so, those are almost impossible to win. So <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so my initial reaction to this it was almost Logan, but because like we talked about it, how it just doesn't quite fit. Like the only place that I could see him being almost plucked from one to the other would be at the end and end game in that fight with all of Thanos' army. Like that feels like it'd be good. But I think my overall answer of somebody that you could pick and that would fit right in would be Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. I loved, I loved Alfred Molina's portrayal of him. And it was, it was such a great, it was almost like, I guess that's the character of Doc Ock is this sympathetic, like he was somebody that was just trying to do the right thing and then the power got to him and you just watched him slowly devolve into the character that he is. And it would be fun to see, one, it'd be fun to see Tom Holland Spider-Man go up against Doc Ock. But if it had to be a Doc Ock, I think Alfred Molina would be perfect at yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that's a fantastic choice. Mm-hmm. And- I think because it's it's been done before, it would be one of those situations where I don't want Doc Ock to be the main villain. Right. Just more so like an obstacle because, I mean, you you don't want to retread what's already been done. But to have him in the universe would be great. Yeah. No, that is a really good. Okay. So, like, realistically, if they're going to put Doc Ock in the MCU, I feel like that has to be a slow burn. Mm -hmm. Like, have him in Spider-Man 3, but but when he's just Dr. Octavius, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I wouldn't even mind seeing him go the Spider-Verse route. Mm-hmm. Not to change your answer, but like where you had a female for it. But that, but you're mm-hmm. right. Alfred Molina's take on it was just fantastic. And that, and mm-hmm. tonally, everything, that would fit to just, hey, I'm going to kind of, you know, crane, grab him, Copy paste. drop him in. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would love to see that. Me too. Yeah. That, I mean, because it just, I'm just imagining you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man and that Doc Ock going at it. And it just seems seamless. Mm-hmm. I was trying because I remember, I forgot what movie I was watching the MCU here recently because it was almost like a horror scene when uh, Doc Ock's um, arms come to life in Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene very similar in the MCU, but I can't remember which one it is. And it's 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 flown my mind. So this is, 
useless. Well, we'll, but yeah, we'll have to watch more MCU movies. Ah, dang. I know. I know. <laughs> They're planned. But if, <laughs> but if you'd like to chime in on what you think would be an honorary MCU movie, or if you'd like to answer this question of the week, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram, or if you'd like to write us an email at MCU Need to Know at gmail.com. And if you'd be so kind, leave us a rating and a review uh, on wherever you get your podcast. It really helps the show. It helps us uh, develop better content for you. And, you know, if you like what you listen to, share with a friend. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Nick Sandy for the use of the theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. If you'd like to hear more of his original work, you can find it in his SoundCloud, which is linked below. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you so much for doing this, Jude. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. You can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram, or if you'd like to write us an email, at mcuneedtoknow at gmail.com. And if you don't mind, please give us a rating and a review. Um, let me... Sorry, my nose started running right there. Okay. And if you get a chance, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out with the feedback. Um, excuse me. Uh, gosh. <laughs> I only say this bit every week. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's multiple times in a recording since we record two episodes a night sometimes. <laughs> like, I still can't get it right. Okay. All right. In tag. <laughs> uh, okay.